Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also you can read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agent's Take, on NFL contract and salary cap matters. Uh, This we're going to look at the uh, contract unhappiness coming from Seattle and also look at the uh, rift of the um, Saints and Mike Thomas. Um, Seattle Times uh, reported late last week uh, some little more specificity in a contract offer than we're used to with Jamal Adams. Came out that Seattle made what is called their final offer, where they're not budging. That's four-year extension, averaging seventeen and a half million per year, roughly thirty-eight million uh, guaranteed, and. Adams' representatives want additional $2 million in guarantees. And it was reported as wanted some bonus money moved into the first three years of the deal instead of four. I'm not exactly sure what that last part means. But in my opinion, Jamal Adams has already won the deal, getting Seattle to go to $17.5 million per year. Um, I know he says he is a playmaker and a defensive weapon, but outside of being a true pure pass rusher, you're constrained by your position when it comes to pay. Highest paid safety right now, Justin Simmons, $15.25 million per year. Um, if he could have gotten a 5 6% increase, that would have been where... A lot of people thought the deal would have come in. That would put him in the low $16 millions per year. So getting to $17.5 million per year, that is a clear win for Jamal Adams, provided the deal's not extremely backloaded like that Travis Kelsey deal um, signed a couple of years, signed last year. Now, the moral of the story is, and we've seen this time and time again, first starting from Mari Cooper, then with uh, Laramie Tunsil, also with uh, Jalen uh, Ramsey, and to a degree with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, if you give up significant draft capital and you don't get a deal done at the time of the trade, it's going to end up costing you an arm and a leg of your team. And that's what the Seahawks did here. Uh, gave up two first-round picks. A third-round pick and a safety, Bradley McDougal, to get Adams and a 22-second-round pick. So get a deal done at the time of the trade. 
because you give that's where you give the player leverage um, that you almost have to sign them. Now it's coming out that Seattle says that they're comfortable if they don't if Adams doesn't take this offer of going year to year for franchise tag and he's currently holding in isn't practicing um, that's something that at least from a Seattle perspective Bobby Wagner started two years ago all during um, the off season held in was there not participating and then first couple of days of training camp before his deal got done at 18 million dollars per year so it would be interesting to see uh, if this thing can't get done is Adams going to start missing regular season games uh, would they find him for conduct detrimental suspend him what the deal would be because uh, not having a contract and then missing regular season games would be unprecedented. Well, having he is under contract for the fifth year option for nine point eight six million, but not getting a new deal done. And once you're already there, then refusing to play that would be a little unprecedented. Now, if we're talking this um, franchise tag thing. I really don't see it getting that far. That cooler heads will prevail. They'll probably get a deal done. But for sake of argument, um, I'm projecting next year's franchise tag for safety. If the cap is at the salary cap ceiling of 208.2 million, to be 6.241 percent of the cap, that would make the number 12.993 million. So if you extrapolate that out, and you had to go year to year again, so you're talking that's 2022, 2023, that'd be 15,591,600 dollars. So two-year total uh, would be. Basically 28.5, a little over 28.5 for the two years. So I don't really see that happening. Now, how we've gotten to 17.5 million, which is a little bit of a surprise to me, is we saw the off-ball linebacker market move. First Fred Warner to 19 million, and then Darius Leonard to 19.7. Since Adams is a box safety who can rush the passer better than any defensive back in NFL history, evidenced by his nine-and-a-half sacks in uh, 12 games last year, then I probably would have been looking at, okay, hybrid. I'm not a safety, but I'm not a linebacker. Pay me in between those two guys. And coincidentally, if you take the 19.7, the Leonard's extension averages in the 15.25 million, that the uh, Simmons deal averages, you get to 17.475 million per year. I don't know if they that came into play, but that that's uh, how I would look at it. Now, biggest biggest problem is structure. Structure is everything in an NFL contract, uh, just because the contracts aren't guaranteed. So, what we know about Seattle is they don't guarantee the second year at signing. Most teams do. Vikings don't. Then you have teams like the Bengals. Packers and Steelers only guaranteed money is signing bonus uh, for veteran contracts. Limited exceptions like Green Bay makes one for Aaron Rodgers. So that that could be a sticking point, and you're not going to reinvent the wheel uh, structurally. Russell Wilson didn't have the second year of his contract guaranteed at signing. It was Bobby Wagner. So I think that's a non-starter um, if, if that's a, a little bit of a holdup. Um, and if you look at the, what Seattle's done most recently, if you go back to Wagner, he had $24.5 million fully guaranteed at signing. And then Tyler Lockett signed a four-year extension um, during the offseason. 
uh, for $17.3 million per year average. He's got $21 million fully guaranteed at signing and $37 million overall guarantees. So that's probably going to give uh, a little bit of a reference point for how Seattle's going to see what the uh, amount fully guaranteed at signing would be. One thing we don't know is which actual contract structure they, they would use. They don't give big signing bonuses for the most part. Lockett has the second biggest signing bonus on the team. His was $19 million. They had to make that concession with Russell Wilson at the time, gave him the largest signing bonus in, in NFL history. But that's so the second year wouldn't be fully guaranteed at signing. I think that Lockett deal can be a pretty good indication of what the structure could look like, um, at least how the cash flow would work on a four-year deal, since that one was just done and the average is right about uh, the same, the 17.5 versus the 17.3. So that's probably a pretty good barometer for what Seattle is looking to do. They should be able to do that. If they haven't gotten to that point, because we don't know the exact structure, um, they should. Uh, Seattle's a team which has liked to put per-game roster bonuses in their contracts. Uh, Russell Wilson doesn't have them. By per-game roster bonuses, I mean you get X amount of money to be the for being on the game day active roster, on the 48-man roster. Not the 53, but you have to be dressed for the game. Um, Lockett has them in the latter years. Of his extension, he's got roster bonuses of 1.7 million in 2024 and 2025. That's $100,000 per game active. So, let's say Tyler Lockett in 2024 has a uh, season-ending injury in the preseason. That's $1.7 million he's out. Considering Jamal Adams hasn't played all 16 games since his first two years in the NFL, missed four games last year had off-season surgery. I got to imagine that Seattle wants similar type uh, per-game roster bonuses in Adams' contract. So that might be another sticking point as well. Uh, Bobby Wagner um, got a compromise on the per-game roster bonuses. His first extension in 2015 had the 53-man per uh, 46. It was back then as 46-man per-game roster bonuses. He made a point of not getting the 46-man per-game roster bonuses in the, in the deal he did uh, two years ago. But he does have 53-man uh, per-game roster bonuses, which gives you a little more protection. And he's got them of small amounts. He's got them at 250 uh, per year. When in the final year of the Deal he signed in two, the first deal he signed, the big extension in 2019, he had a million dollars of 46 man per game roster bonuses. Got those dropped down to 250. That means you have to be on the 53 man roster in the roster bonuses in his current contract. So basically, you could be in street clothes as long as you're not on IR, you're going to get the money. Whereas under Lockett's, uh, you're in street clothes, you're on a reserve list, you're not getting the money. Um, so better protection for um, Bobby Wagner in that interest, in, in that in that uh, specific instance. There are two safeties who, to me, knowing that Jamal Adams is probably going to dramatically impact the safety market, 
should not have been in a rush to do a deal. And Tyran Matthew is one of those guys. He's been all over the place in terms of about his extension. At one point, he and during the offseason, he was pessimistic about an extension. Then he expressed optimism about an extension. And then recently, he said he was at peace with whatever happens. Kansas City, if they want to ensure he is back in 2022, they've got to get a deal done with him. Um, he's 29, but he's been a Pro Bowl caliber, all Pro caliber safety. In the two years he got there, his current deal average is $14 million per year. He's got the largest uh, cap number for safety this year at $19,733,334. So, if you wanted to franchise him, it would be the number by the formula or 120% of your prior salary. So, his cap number is so high, it's going to be the 120% provisions which would apply to him. And when you do the 120% calculations the way that it works for um, franchise tag purposes, his cap, his franchise tag number next year is going to be $23.63 million. So, that's out of the question. He's not getting franchised in 2022 for $23.63 million. Last deal tied him for the highest paid safety at $14 million. If this Adams deal gets done at 17.5, Matthew's not going to be the highest paid safety because from going from 17.5, going to 17.5 from 15.25 million, that's basically a 15% jump in the marketplace, slightly under 15%. So it's it would be somewhere between Simmons and Adams. The thing is, I'd be slow playing these negotiations because I'd want that deal in the marketplace first. I used to find that I could say the market's heading here and want to factor that into um, negotiations when I was an agent. That would get discounted or dismissed from a team negotiator until that deal was in the marketplace. Even though I knew a deal would come in strong, they weren't willing to acknowledge that. Now, some teams would try to get ahead of the curve and get a deal done before something got to the marketplace, but he has no incentive to get a deal done. So maybe it's 16-5. I expect it to be above 16. Maybe it gets a 17, but he'll be the second highest paid safety if they get a deal done. Then the other guy is Jesse Bates, who is um, in the final year of his rookie contract. He wants to stay with the Bengals. He's 24 years old. Um, he expressed some frustration last week that he uh, that he hadn't done enough to be considered one of the top safeties in the league and said he wasn't going to talk about his contract anymore after that. Now, if I'm Seattle, I mean, if I'm Cincinnati, I've been trying to be pro- proactive about this deal, knowing safety market is going to move. I'd want to get him done. I would try to get him done right after um, Simmons was done back in March. I'd have made that a priority. The Bengals like to keep their core players around. They're not big players in free agency. I doubt Bates would get to the open market. They'd stick a franchise tag on him. As I said before, they don't do conventional guarantees, but patience is going to be Bates' best friend. Uh, So if he lets... Adams go first, then Matthew gets done. That's two more data points in the marketplace that support him getting above 
Simmons. And if Cincinnati is not willing to do that, um, I play that thing out from him, franchise tag, and if I go out and have another very good year, then you've got more ammunition. So we'll see, one, if we can close the gap with uh, Jamal Adams, get that thing done, and then if we get Matthew or or Bates done um, as well prior to the start of the regular season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seattle's other hold-in is left tackle Dwayne Brown. He is going to be 36 at the end of August. Um, He wants a contract, a new contract as well. Uh, 2021 is his contract year. He's got a $13.35 million uh, cap number. Um, He's scheduled to make um, $11 million total. Um, $10 million in base salary and $1 million in uh, per game roster bonuses, and there's $500,000 incentives for uh, playtime and Pro Bowl. Um, understand why Seattle would have some hesitancy about wanting to do a contract extension for Brown, just because the age um, isn't showing signs of slowing down. This is a guy that has a history of taking things to extremes. When he's in half of his contract, that's how he got to Seattle to begin with. In 2017, Brown was Houston Texan, held out into the regular season, returned after six weeks, missed six weeks of the regular season, came back, played a game, then was traded uh, to Seattle um, back in 2017. Uh, Russell Wilson is championing his cause. Wilson came out. And one of the rare instances where he says something where he takes position besides his typical go Seahawks who stuff where this guy has mastered the art of talking and saying nothing. But he said we need Brown, need to figure this stuff out. And that could have bigger implications just because through his agent um, early offseason, Russell Wilson expressed his displeasure with Seattle and their ability to have a better offensive line and wasn't happy with some of the moves early in the offseason, which prompted a lot of speculation, would Russell Wilson be traded? Now, it seems like he and Pete Carroll have mended fences in the front office, but if this Dwayne Brown thing goes south, does that reopen the wound for Russell Wilson? And he's going to be in that track to try to get out like uh, of Seattle, like, Aaron Rodgers is one out of Green Bay and Deshaun Watson wants out of uh, uh, Houston. Now, the only two current or recent, I should say, precedents you might have in terms of what you pay an older tackle if Seattle is inclined to address Brown's contract is one, Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth was going to be 36 for the season 
in 2017 towards the end of it when he signed um, with the Rams. Signed a three-year extension averaging um, $11.25 million per year. Deal maxed out at $36 million um, over the three years. Um, and Whitworth is still playing and still going strong. Um, so Whitworth is going into year five with the Rams. And he's going to turn 40 <laughs> uh, towards the end of this season. So that would be your kind of blueprint, uh, so to speak, if that's if that's what you were uh, inclined to do. Then there was Joe Staley in 2019 in the season where he was turning 35, two-year extension um, with the 49ers, averaging $14 million per year. Uh, he retired, so he never played any of the extension years and retired, retired in 2020. One thing you could look at, is if you're going to do a deal, where did Whitworth rank at the end of the 2017 season in the offensive line salary hierarchy? Well, he was the 11th highest paid offensive tackle by average yearly salary, 13th highest paid O-lineman. Now, if you were to plug that into 2021 standards, considering how much the offensive line market, mainly the tackle market, has jumped to where you have Trent Williams averaging $23.01 million per year and Dave Bakhtiari at 23 and Laramie Tunsil at 22. Then those respective places, 13th highest paid um, offensive lineman on a long-term deal, so I'm discounting Brandon Scherf playing for the Washington football team on a franchise tag, just long-term deals, would be Donovan Smith at $15.5 million per year. If you want to go 11th highest paid offensive tackle, Taylor Wan at $16 million per year. Would you really want to pay Dwayne Brown in that neighborhood? I don't know, because given his age, but that's the relative comparable point in the marketplace to where Whitworth was. Thing is, if he plays out his contract, would you want to franchise him? Because I project that number to be 7.988% of the cap for 2022, which at $208.2 million, that salary cap ceiling, that's $16.631 million. I don't know if I don't want to do that either. Now, Russell Wilson has also said he's willing to restructure his contract to uh, help mainly get Brown done, but that would apply to Adams as well. That doesn't need to happen for either one of these guys because if Seattle's inclined to, if they can, you can create your own cap room with um, these deals. Because Adams, $9.86 million uh, fifth-year option. Let's say you uh, decided in the Adams deal you were going to chop his base salary down to $1.06 million. Hypothetically, let's say you gave him a record uh, signing bonus for safety. Uh, which $25 million. You'd still create $3.8 million of cap room that way on a four on the four-year extension because you prorate the signing bonus over five five years. Same thing would apply for Brown. Um, $10 million base salary. League minimum is $1.075 million. Let's say you chop that down to two. And we'll say for these purposes, you gave him a four-year extension. Keep the cap number the same. You could go up to a $40 million signing bonus. They'd never do that. So you'd be, you should be able to create cap room out of Brown 
if you decide to do him. Uh, nice gesture by Russell Wilson, but um, not necessarily something that Seattle would need to do. Plus, Seattle isn't a team which is big on restructuring contracts. They did it in 2017 on two occasions. When they acquired Sheldon Richardson, Doug Baldwin created cap room, and then Russell Wilson for the um, to accommodate uh, Dwayne Brown in the trade. So, just not something Seattle does. Not New Orleans Saints, who kick the can down the road on every contract and aggressively manage the cap. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Speaking of New Orleans, we've got, had some news last week of Mike Thomas. As we know, Mike Thomas... Ankle injury last year, lost season for him, uh, got suspended one game for contact detrimental. Um, it turned out that his ankle was treated conservatively during the offseason, and according to reports, and remember, there are three sides to every story, one side from the two sides and then the truth, which is somewhere in the middle, came out that he was reportedly ignoring calls from the team to get progress on the ankle that was treated conservatively. Then when he shows up for the mini camp, it's not where it needs to be. So he has to have surgery and he's going to miss the first part of the regular season. Um, he tweeted that they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs. my telling your side of the story last week. Um, I don't know why he just didn't tell a side of the story, <laughs> but that's anyway. Uh, he and head coach Sean Payton um, had a meeting to clear the air. Seems like maybe they're on the road to mending fences. I've never thought Mike Thomas would be traded this year anyway. <laughs> Regardless, one, you would be trading him at a low point. Coming off the injury-plagued year, or not even getting to the cap ramifications, you wouldn't have to get adequate compensation for the guy, or maximum compensation. It'd have to probably be some sort of conditional pick if you wanted to get maximum compensation. What I use is a guide. Guy under contract. Pro Bowl caliber all pro receiver. When the Giants trade Odo Beckham Jr. Basically first round pick, third round pick, Jabril Peppers. I don't think anybody's going to give that up right now for Mike Thomas if the Saints wanted to trade him. So that issue, compensation would be the first hurdle. Then the cap issue. And that's because the Saints had to restructure every contract known to man just to get under the cap and shed $110 million of cap commitments. So one of them they did was Michael Thomas. Um, Back in March, before the new league year started on St. Patrick's Day, uh, they took $11.6 million of his $12.6 million base salary, converted it to signing bonus so that they could stretch that through the 2024 season. So, you don't make a salary conversion like that, then look to trade someone. 
be easy to come to easy for any team to acquire him in a trade circumstance uh, just because you don't need a million dollars of cap space for this year um, for Thomas because the way the way it works you just have to be able to fit the guy's existing remaining salary under the cap so you probably wouldn't have a shortage of teams looking to kick the tires um, for Mike Thomas because of that. Um, but why would the Saints do that when he's got a cap number 10-1 now? They'd have 8-9 of dead money. I'm assuming he didn't earn the $200,000 workout bonus. And then he's got a $24.7 million cap hit in 2022 and $22.7 million of dead money. So it really doesn't benefit them all that much from a cap standpoint if you look at how it would would, would work out for the Saints from a trade standpoint. So I've never thought that Mike Thomas would be someone who would get traded uh, this year. Um, Maybe that sets the stage for a trade next year if things continue to go south (laughs) or they can't get on the same page. Also, they need him um, because of uh, Drew Brees retiring. Your number two receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, um, is in Buffalo because you had to release him. And you're going to be in a difficult cap situation next year because you already have $223 million of salary cap commitments next year, 49 players under contract. So that so trading Thomas doesn't really benefit you from a cap standpoint because you're only going to get $2 million of room. You'd be better off giving your cap situation if he can bounce back uh, to his uh, previous form. I'm not saying he's going to be the 2019 Mike Thomas when he set a single-season record for 149 receptions and had 1,725 receiving yards. But give him your cap situation – He's got a $15.35 million base salary. You may want to convert that and kick the can down the road again next year. So, uh, Mike Thomas, I doubt he gets traded. Probably a non-starter, um, at least in my eyes. And then we'll go back to the uh, main part of the podcast. Jamal Adams, I expect that deal to get done. Um, it'd be a surprise if they can't figure out a way to bridge differences between now and the start of the regular season. Um, Seattle's regular season starts on September 12th. Uh, Dwayne Brown, different story. We'll see. Um, not in Seattle's plans right now to extend the soon-to-be 36-year-old left tackle. Then the ball's in his court, whether he extends the hold in into the regular season or plays and um, how that affects Russell Wilson's attitude and feelings towards the Seahawks. Anyway, that's this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, don't forget you can find me on Twitter. That's Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, um, Agents Take. Thanks for listening, um, and we'll see you back here next time.